whistleblower report exposing lies, deceptions, and all that has assaulted our way of life. We must take back our freedom and live as God designed in a free America that honors our Constitution and our Creator. Our experts in medicine, ministry, law, military, environment, and education empower us to grow together as a nation. such a time as this, the Whistleblower Report offers truth and solutions. Welcome to the Whistleblower Report. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Military Report. We haven't had an update from the military in a few weeks, and this is really a shocking story And we have with us Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, who many of you have heard on our programs before. He's been a co-host with our Whistleblower Report. He also has served on our Military Advisory Council for Truth for Health Foundation. And he is a legal defense grant recipient from the foundation thanks to the courtesy and generosity of our donors who have supported our Legal Defense Fund. And if any of you out there can help us with more donations to support our legal defense efforts, we would greatly appreciate it. We have people who need help defending their constitutional and civil and human rights. This is Dr. Lee for America, and I'm here with, Doc- with Lieutenant Bashaw today to talk about what has happened with his saga in the U.S. military. He, he has been in the military for almost 18 years. He was last stationed at the Aberdeen Proving Grounds as a U.S. Army preventive medicine officer. And one of his duties in the military was to warn his command about health risk to the troops. That was his, that was his training. That was his duty in the U S military. And lo and behold, along comes COVID along comes the mandates for emergency use, authorized masking test kits, and then an experimental gene therapy shot that was, also EUA, never fully FDA approved, none of these countermeasures for COVID were ever FDA approved. Not the mask, not the test kits, and not the shots called deceptively a vaccine. So Lieutenant Bashaw did what his oath and his duties required and he alerted his command to the, the health risk of wearing masks all day long, the health risk of using these PCR tests with swabs up the nose that had no manufacturing quality control. You didn't really know what you were sticking up your nose and what contamination there might be in the swabs or the mask or the COVID shots. 
So doing his duty under his assigned job in the military and his oath to the U.S. Constitution, Lieutenant Bashaw was court-martialed and then subsequently unlawfully discharged. And that has been the, the subject of several lawsuit efforts that aren't fully over, but for now, he's going to give us an update on what has happened since we last spoke. He is officially discharged from the U.S. military, so he is no longer speaking in his preventive medicine officer capacity, but that doesn't take away all of the experience, all of the knowledge, and all that he's uncovered since his discharge in June 2023. Lieutenant Beshaw, thank you for your service to our country. Thank you for your courage and faith to do the right thing and to warn about all of these health risks as your job required, as your duty to the Lord requires, and as your duty to the U.S. Constitution requires. I applaud you for all of that, and you have been an inspiration to me as I have watched you stand in faith and courage against the evil that we are facing. So thank you for being on the show today. I really am looking forward to your update with what's happened to you as well as what did you what did you uncover right before you were leaving the military that is so shocking? Yeah, Dr. Fleet, thanks for having me. Good to be with you again. And uh, like you alluded to, uh, June 26, 2023, I was discharged, general discharge, unacceptable conduct after 17 and a half years. And that's similar to- Of exemplary conduct, let me point out. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, anybody can go over to uh, my website, freedomfighter1776.com and, and listen to the judge and the sentence at the court-martial. Uh, and he highlights uh, my 16 years of, or at that point in time, it was, it was close to 16 and a half years of service. Uh, I lasted another year of fighting and appealing and rebutting and uh, battling uh, to 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 try to get my my commanding general to do what was right, which was retain me in service. And he had all the legal and lawful justification to do so, but he decided to eliminate me. And then the secretary of the army decided to sign off on that elimination paperwork. So like you alluded to, I was discharged uh, June 26, 2023. But prior to the discharge, I came across information and and we knew, we knew, and, and I was communicating with the COVID-19 task force at the Army Public Health Center about their one-sided weaponized risk communication strategy with these injections. What I didn't know was that they had they had created in February 2021, they created a quote, a COVID-19 vaccine perception management uh, plan, messaging and formatting. And so what this did was, um, so I came across this information, I wrote a declaration, I sent it over to Senator Ron Johnson's office with all the evidence. I've I've shared some of that evidence with you specifically the plan and some of the some of the communications from these public health personnel 
but um, I want I wanted to dive into this and, and kind of have a dialogue about this. And I'm sure, you know, this is specifically related to the military side, what they were doing in the military to 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 force and coerce and 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 get these these jabs and arms uh, on service members, but also kind of tr- see your perception of what you were seeing on the civilian side. So. So yeah, this is the program I came across in May of 2023 this year. And basically it was it was a, a perception management plan where they were targeting the military public health apparatus was targeting local level military medical providers, whether it was your public health personnel, whether it was your command surgeons or your flight surgeons or your your physicians. They were targeting those individuals. They were creating informants out of them. They were then recording those conversations. And the main intent of this uh, program, of this perception, quote unquote, perception program, was to understand the perception, attitudes, beliefs, and concerns that the patient population was having towards the injections. So an example of this for your audience, an example of this would be a pregnant mother, whether it's a service member or or a, a dependent, a military dependent, goes into the provider on base and the provider or the military member gives up their perception towards these uh, experimental injections, specifically the COVID-19 ones. And, and her concerns, whether it's concerns for her baby uh, or or her, her, you know, physical body. And that information was then translated from the informant to the strategic level, which was the Army Public Health Center, the higher level public health apparatus, in which they used uh, messaging strategies to target, target that individual's concerns to quote, increase the uptake uh, and decrease a, a possibility for some sort of exemption that 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 person may may have or or some sort of conviction against against the injection. So that's kind of the we can definitely dive into this 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 program they have, but that's kind of the basis. So uh, well, so now that, when you saw it, just to be clear for our audience, when you say the person goes into a provider you really are talking about a licensed medical professional, a, a doctor or a nurse or That's a physician correct. assistant or a nurse practitioner. So That's these correct. are all people who have a professional license to do the right thing and to serve the needs of the patient. That is what they are professionally licensed and charged with doing. And in fact, what you're saying is that the Department of Defense leadership had orchestrated a campaign to turn them into informants against their patients, violating their professional duties and their fiduciary duties as licensed medical professionals. You know, the, the use of the word provider is part of the campaign to obfuscate what their role is and what their duties are. And so I wanted our uh, our audience, and that's done by design, 
It's changing the language so that people don't realize that these are licensed medical professionals whose license could be, you, reports can be made against their professional medical license, whether it's a nurse or a doctor or a nurse practitioner or a physician assistant. They're all regulated right. by the licensing boards. So, and we were seeing this in the civilian community exactly as you're describing. But right. Right. I just want so- to clarify that because I think our listeners need to know these are the same medical professionals that you would go to see trusting, thinking you could trust their advice. And yes. here in the military, the trusted medical professional was being used as a weapon against the patient. Yes, their their perceptions were being weaponized against them. So the, the patient's perceptions towards whatever it may be with these injections, these experimental COVID-19 injections, was then being weaponized against them. And, and I can tell you exactly how that was being done. So the information that was trans uh, that that was transmitted up and and oftentimes it was in a recorded session. They've they've recorded these sessions. Some of them have been recorded. And so the, the patient. I wonder if the patients knew that. So so no, the recording happened between the public health personnel at, that was running these perception management programs and the licensed medical prof- professional professional about the their their patient population wow so what is your patient population saying about the what are their attitudes beliefs and concerns concerns and perceptions towards the covid-19 injections then what the public health apparatus would do would they would create a risk communication strategy targeting those perceptions to increase to increase uptake of of this product and again, we're talking about the product is the experimental gene therapy shot that has exactly. no safety data. Exactly. No safety data whatsoever. And so back in back in September of 2021, I was at the Army Public Health Center. I came across the official risk communication strategy and I started looking through it and I noticed that it, it it specifically stated, and this is a risk communication strategy between the public health apparatus and, and, and licensed medical professionals. This was to be used internally. This wasn't to be used externally. This wasn't for uh, anybody outside of that realm. And, and within this thing, it said it was training, it was training the individuals that may have been receiving questions from patients or or service members or whatever it may be it was training them on how to field the questions right and so so one of the things was um tell tell the individuals about the risks of not getting the injections right and then and but in the same token it didn't it didn't say anything about tell the patient about the risks of receiving the injection. And as a medical professional or, you know, or in general, just in general, you would want to have both sides, the pros and the cons, you know, you would want to through to, to make an informed decision just at a basic level, 
you would want to know the pros and cons but this risk communication strategy was only weapon was weaponized specifically just to give the pros and to target those perceptions and to, and to and to wep uh, to 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 label those perceptions otherwise as misinformation so for example myocarditis hey hey uh, you know a patient goes into their doctor uh, yeah i'm I'm not really wanting to get the injection because, you know, I've heard a lot about myocarditis. The The CDC vaccine adverse repa, uh, report database has has an immense amount of myocarditis cases. I'm, I'm just I'm just concerned at that point. Well, then they, they would take that information. They would specifically target, you know, heart issues, myocarditis and and and, and make it seem like that was some sort of misinformation. But this. But this, again, was the government's own data. And so when I saw their risk, the risk communication strategy, I was I was asking them, hey, I see the risk communication strategy here. And I noticed the fact that you have tell the patient about the risk of not getting the injection, but you don't have tell the patient the risk of getting the injection. And oh, by the way, here's the the government's own data, the vaccine adverse report system. And at that point in time, I said, there is 17,000 dead and 800 plus thousand injured. And oh, by the way, here's Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long's affidavit of truth that specifically states what she's seeing at the front line as a frontline flight surgeon at Fort Rucker of some of the damage. And I asked them, are you going to update the risk communication strategy to include this information? If not, why not? And at that point, there was complete and utter radio silence. They ignored me. And then uh, and then I ultimately went on to get court-martialed, convicted, and booted out of the military. Because you brought up the truth about the warnings, brought up the truth and the risk warnings and, and, and refused to participate with these products, which is, which is my absolute right as a service member, a service member, especially with experimental products. Um, we can't, we don't experiment on service or we can't experiment on service members due to the historical precedence that has been set. In the well, under that, the law, they are not supposed to experiment on service members, but they can and did under the COVID mandates. And it was the anthrax experimentation with service members 20 years ago that yeah. led to the Congress making the federal law to strengthen the existing military rules and the constitutional rights to refuse an experimental product. Yeah, so Congress right. strengthened the federal laws after the anthrax disaster, which was ultimately overturned in court, that, that mandate. Right. right. But they did exactly the same thing again, lying to the service members, saying that this was an FDA-approved product. It was Whoa. still experimental. It still right. is. We had the whole bait and switch that occurred as well. And for the audience out there, the uh, the, the the Secretary of Defense uh, mandated a all service members to receive the FDA approved product uh, starting on 24 August 2021. 
The only problem was the Department of Defense never had the FDA approved product. It was all the experimental emergency use authorized. And just like you said, Doc Fleet, the reason why we have the federal statute protecting service members from experimentation because of anthrax and, and what occurred then, and they simply have played out a similar playbook with, with COVID. Um, but I mean, it was, it was, it was to a, it was to a greater degree and, and, um, an immense amount of psychological operations going into it to try to get service members to participate with this. And, and it was the duty of the commanders to ensure that the local clinics had the FDA approved and licensed in which they didn't. Um, but they still went on to coerce service members into receiving this. And those who didn't participate were removed from service, given a, a, something other than honorable discharge. Um, and then we all know what happened with the religious accommodations and exemptions that were that were blanket denied. And uh, if if it wasn't for certain federal judges that had the backbone to give uh, ser those service members in those specific branches injunctions, uh, we would have a lot more service members discharged and we still had an immense amount of we had 10,000 service members discharged uh just for flat out refusing something they were legally authorized to refuse well and that is a devastating blow to the military readiness with all of these experienced people i mean these were many people I know in, in people that I know that we're working with on the military advisory council and other settings. These are special forces, military trained, experienced special ops, soldiers, pilots, all kinds of highly skilled, highly technical expertise, military service members and look at all of the years of experience in preventive medicine services that you brought to the table, and they just summarily got rid of that. It's hard to replace all of that experience and expertise, and that affects military readiness, which affects our national security. The public is not aware of the damage to our military readiness and our national security with all of this horrific violation of the constitutional and military rights of the service members. And, and you're absolutely right. And that's not even including the injured personnel who have been removed from service, the injured personnel that participated, that were coerced or forced or, or willingly participated with these injections who were eliminated from service. Uh, there was, you know, plenty of individuals, myocarditis, and the military would say, you're you're now unfit to serve and then remove them from service. So you what have, is the data on that? Do you have any numbers about how many have had to have medical discharges because of vaccine injury? I, I well, so the military is not recognizing it as as, quote unquote, vaccine. Injury. Well, I know that's, they are not. That's but... one of the problems. <laughs> I don't have any specific data for that exact reason. Uh, I do have the data on the fact that 
In 2021 alone, there was an 1,100% increase in viral vaccine injuries among the active component of our military. And after I submitted that in a federal court because my chain of command was, uh, was retaliating against me for submitting VAERS data, I submitted that in a federal court. They ended up taking my government-issued computer away from me and deeming me an insider threat because I submitted this this 1100% increase in viral vaccine injuries in a federal court. And that's in official documentation that was that was given to me by my commanders calling me and dubbing me an insider threat after I after I did this and and I'm looking at him like, "Hey, uh we're medical officers and we have this enormous signal you know almost like are you sure you're going to sign that paperwork off calling me an insider threat for submitting this paperwork you, on you the know, military's own data the military's own data and like you know our job is to protect service members from you know uh non-battle related injuries specifically my job was to protect service members from non-battle related injuries and here's a non-battle related injury where we're forcing service members into these products and then they're being injured from them. But I, I want to go back to this perception management uh, program for a minute, because prior to the, the, the mandate from the SECDEF, the Army Public Health Center, individuals at the Army Public Health Center were communicating, and I have this in an email in my hands right now, you have an individual from the Army Public Health Center, and she was co communicating the following about this program. It was an addendum. So they had to create an addendum to the original program. And this original program was created, like I said, on February, uh, February 2021. They came out with the, the vaccine perception management program. But they created an addendum in June 20, uh, around June of 2021. And this individual was emailing the, the deputy director, uh, Stephen Szerzowski, at the Army Public Health Center. And she was emailing the team about this perception management program. And she says, quote, the goals of this plan are to reassure service members and leaders that the vaccine is something they want and need to call also to increase understanding of why DOD makes some vaccines mandatory for service members and to decrease the chance of mass influx of folks trying to get exemption from vaccine. Now, what, oh about, that, what about that is applying science and health and medicine? Not one properly? thing. It's a that is a straight up. That's a political agenda. Up, that's a straight up political agenda, psychological attack and an intelligence operation against service members, against patients, against against the people, frankly. It really is. It, it's it's truly. Beyond my comprehension as an ethical person who takes my oath to my patients very seriously to find that our military leadership was turning against our service members and knowingly planning a propaganda campaign of lies to push this political agenda and this experimental shot in service members 
when they knew the risk of it because they already had the data from the clinical trial and they knew that there were over 1200 adverse events described in the in the Pfizer trial yep. Yep. and they went ahead with with this attack on service members i mean I, there's no other word to call it but an attack well, and, and they disqualified any sort of therapeutic beforehand as well. They made sure to do that. And Exactly. And, and you know, I have that experience in, in July of 2020, when I was the commander, uh, company commander at Army Public Health Center, I emailed the director of the Army Public Health Center and I said, hey, are we looking into uh, the the potential for prophylaxis such as hydroxychloroquine in and using that for service members you know i was curious like why aren't are we at least having the conversation and the answer i got was no it's not effective and then they threw the lancet report back at me as as their justification which and we was all, later which shown to be a fraudulent study completely bogus right and the reason in, in my I mean, I think there's I don't even think this is an opinion anymore. But the reason for this was because you can't have an experimental emergency use authorized injection if you have some sort of alternative that's safe and effective. Oh, right? no, that's in federal law. That's in the right. FDA regulations. So you're absolutely right. That was why they suppressed early treatment for civilians and military, because we were facing that as civilian physicians. They were telling us we couldn't prescribe hydroxychloroquine and later halfway through 2020 we learned that ivermectin also worked and was effective and they were they were persecuting us for prescribing that as well let's take a break and we'll be right back after the break this is dr lee for america with the military report and u.s army preventive medicine officer forced out of the military for bringing truth to his leadership and the troops that he commanded. We'll be right back. Check out our website, www.truthforhealth.org, where you have more whistleblower reports and our vaccine injury treatment guide and all of our other medical and legal help resources, including our fact sheet to understand hemorrhagic fevers, Marburg, Ebola, and all the rest that they seem to be gearing up to throw at us. We'll be right back after the break. Hello, everyone. This is Lieutenant Mark Bashaw, U.S. Army and legal grant recipient of the Truth For Health Foundation. I want to give a huge shout out to the Truth For Health Foundation for helping me and my family over the past year with our legal battles. Recently, I was court-martialed for not participating with these experimental COVID-19 emergency use authorized products. If it wasn't for Truth For Health Foundation and all the support, I would definitely be in a worse spot. But because of all the support, I'm able to continue uniform service, fighting for what's right to protect the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. God bless each and every one of you, and God bless America. Welcome back to the second half of the Whistleblower Report military segment with Dr. Lee for America and our U.S. Army former preventive medicine officer, now private citizen, 
Mark Bashaw. Mark, let's talk more about this PSYOPs campaign that the military was waging against its own service members, the military Department of Defense leadership directing senior commanders to carry out this campaign of deception with the troops. It's it's quite stunning. I mean, I looked through the program and it, it gets to an, it gets to a point where there was a guided interview. Uh, So this guided interview is it, it's almost like a script. So it's a script for the individuals that are taking in the information from their informants. And those informants being the licensed medical providers at the local level installations at the bases, the local level bases. And so um one one of the paragraphs on the script is as follows, and I'm going to read it verbatim to just kind of give this some context. Uh, some context. It says, uh, you were asked to participate in this focus group due to your role as a blank uh, licensed provider, either a command surgeon or whatever it may be. Um, and you are someone who might be aware of the COVID-19 vaccine uh, vaccination perceptions at your installation. Based on your role and experience, we will ask a set of questions in which we hope to hear what you've seen or heard directly and what your experiences are. I want to assure you that we are not part of any investigation and we are not inspecting your agency the military treatment facility, or any other program at your installation, end quote. So no, no, we're not, we're not there to inspect. And this is me inserting my commentary. We're not there to inspect your program or anything. We're there to basically do human intelligence gathering and, and, and from whatever they were, whatever those uh, perceptions were that the, the licensed providers had, that would then be received by the public health apparatus and then translated into a weaponized risk communication strategy to again increase uptake and decrease any sort of resistance to this uh these experimental covid-19 injections it's it's just absolutely shocking yeah how can how can these people sleep at night when they are knowingly lying to the service members under their command? That is, um, that's a good question. That is uh, deceptions, uh, demonic deceptions. Um, You know, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I do know I have this program in my hand. I want to go through another paragraph right here. Uh, The next was, Again, this is a script. This is a script that uh, the the individual gathering this intelligence was was to go through and to conduct. It says, you know, the purpose of this focus, quote, the purpose of this focus group is to listen and capture your perceptions and experiences regarding a potential future COVID-19 vaccination mandate among personnel at your installation. To date, the vaccine is voluntary for service members. So you can see, and I have to interject interject here, Uh, you can see that they were already getting ready for it to be mandated. So 
in order to get ready for the mandate, they were getting the perceptions gathered and the information gathered to have a more effective uh, push on this experimental injection. Uh, I'll go back to reading real quick. Okay. Um, so, uh, to, to date, the vaccine is voluntary for service members, civilians, contractors, and family members. However, we want to be prepared to address concerns that beneficiaries may have if and when a mandate is issued. We encourage you to participate freely in this discussion and to answer questions openly. There are no right or wrong answers, and we are interested in your honest opinion. Our discussion will likely last 40 to 50 minutes, blah, blah, blah. And so that's the end of that quote, end of that paragraph, end of that script. And so again, uh, intelligence gathering, uh, human intelligence gathering, um, no, nothing about this is like, in my opinion, in my uh, observation, nothing about this is is healthcare. Nothing about this is public health. Nothing about this is truly caring about service members and uh, and and from a scientific approach, having discernment that we're introducing an experimental injection into the force we should probably be looking for signals of uh, danger and dangerous signals, right? As, as a public health officer, as a, as a former, um, you know, medical entomologist that was dealing with vector-borne disease, my entire goal was to look for dangers and mitigate those dangers. And so if I had a danger signal, whether it was you know, whether it was a, a mosquito born illness or whatever, that that would be communicated to mitigate that risk. And so we have an, an experimental injection here. We have vaccine adverse event reporting system, which is the Department of Defense's official reporting system. And we also have the Defense Medical Epidemiological Database that was showing signals of danger. And this is what we're doing during that time period where we're taking perceptions on why people don't want to get it, but we're not, we're not addressing the fact that we have dangerous signals in the government's own data. No, it's, 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 it's actually criminal malfeasance to ignore all of this safety data and all of the rising complications and signals of risk and continue to push forward to push the injection you know mark the the only conclusion that i could come to as a rational person is that the powers that perpetrated this fraud on our military that was killing people and making them disabled and unable to serve was designed to weaken our military at a time when we're facing rising threats in the world. And it's clear the corruption that's gone on in this administration with all of the ties to China and all of the payments to members of this administration and, and including Congress from china i mean mm -hmm. that's all been well documented yep 
Yep. Uh, infiltration from within completely. It's, it's, I call it a, a belligerence, a complete and utter belligerence of our executive. Um, and to where, and I mean, domestic enemies through and through. And well, when, you're right. And Nikita Khrushchev in the 50s and 60s said, we will take America from within without firing a shot. Yeah. And I want to go back to this program again, because words matter and, and words have specific meetings. And again, this is this is public health saying these things. This is your public health entity talking like this and quote key informant interviews. So, so key informant interviews to capture the pulse of mandatory COVID-19 vaccination, specifically perceptions, attitudes, and beliefs in regard to a vaccine mandate. Like, that's your public health apparatus. Not, not, not. We're we're going to interview uh, your command surgeons to find out if there's any injuries involved, if if they're aware of any patient populations of of injuries involved with these products. Right. N none of that. It was simply their their beliefs, their attitudes, their perceptions towards towards these products they i mean it, it's almost as if they did the opposite of what a public health official and what licensed medical professionals should be doing completely opposite and completely turned on its head and and we know this when when individuals and, and specifically in my situation where where I'm communicating this information up the chain of command. And anytime a service member communicates violations of regulation, violations of law, or specific and substantial dangers to public health and health and safety, that is protected communication. And we had tens of thousands of service members communicating up their chain of command the fact that these products or experimental emergency use authorized, and the service member must be given the option to accept or refuse according to the federal law and the VAERS data, the Vaccine Adverse Report System database, uh, the CDC and the DOD's database. And those service members went on to receive retaliation while these uh, officers went on to weaponize the entire apparatus and flip it on its head. And many of those who carried out that propaganda and deception campaign against the service members are still in the service. Still in the service, and they've been promoted to leadership positions. They've been promoted. In other words, pay to play. You get yeah. a promotion if you follow my script and what I'm directing, even though it violates the law. Yep. That's the yep. bottom line. That's what our military department of defense has dictated from the top down. And those who comply are violating their oath to the constitution and they're violating multiple 
regulations under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. And at some point, I do believe they will be held accountable, certainly under God's judgment, if not in this world, given the corruption in our courts. Amen. Yep. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, it, 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 I, I'm, I don't know. I'm a loss for words oftentimes when I'm thinking about what's happened uh, in such a rapid fashion to our military and all the, all the good leaders have either. Yeah. They, most of them have just left service. You got a retention rate that's struggling because nobody, even the individuals who complied with this have now realized they've been lied to for so long. They don't want to stay in service. And then the individuals uh, who got discharged. Um, so, well, you know, I really, uh, Mark, tragically, I think that's been the goal all along because I saw it happening under the Obama administration. Uh, Obama hated our military. He, You could tell he looked at our service members with disdain most of the time. And the only time I ever saw him smile was for a photo op using our military service members as props. He didn't care about them as people and mm. nor did he value anything about the good that our military has done at, around the world. I mean, look at all of the soldiers in Afghanistan and Iraq who helped the people over there under the tyranny that they faced and under the torture from the Taliban and so on. And it, it just, we saw Obama and his minions purging the military of conscientious leaders at that time. I think at the end of his second term in one year, there were like 197 senior military officers yep. summarily fired or forced to retire forced out purged whatever term we want to use and that has escalated dramatically under the biden administration purging christians and conservatives we did a press conference on that in 2022 and now we see the damage beyond the purge on of Christians and conservatives, we see the deliberate knowing damage to service members still forcing them to get this experimental shot and more boosters. And and not a single flag officer has stood up and said a word. Not a single flag officer has stood up and said a word about it. Maybe that just some, makes me sick. Maybe, maybe, you know, some after once they hit retirement, but not a single active serving flag officer has stood up and said anything. And, you know, you want to know what these flag officers are doing right now? They're complaining about the fact that they're not their promotions are not getting confirmed in the Senate. That's what they're complaining about. They're complaining about the fact that their promotions aren't getting uh, confirmed in the Senate while while the past three years, I can guarantee majority of those flag officers that are not getting their promotions confirmed because a Senator Tuberville is holding them up because uh, the Department of Defense is violating federal law when it comes to abortions. 
I guarantee majority of these flag officers were an, in, in, a, in a direct part of discharging 10,000 service members, right? Discharging, not only discharging them, but giving them characterizations on their discharge statements of, of unacceptable conduct or misconduct of a serious offense. And here they are complaining because their promotions aren't getting confirmed. I know, I know a prior uh, was going to be a sergeant first class. He got kicked out. He is living on the side of I-95 right now out of his vehicle because he got purged from the military for not complying with unlawful COVID-19 mandates. He's living out of his car on a rest stop uh, in, in, off of I-95. He's got enough money to maintain uh, his vehicle a gym membership to shower and and transport to and from his his place of duty but this no, is that's just that's just this is this horrible. is what's going on and these flag officers are complaining they're not getting promoted and they wonder why uh you know they're i don't even think they realize some of these flag officers are such in a protective bubble they they're so delusioned or or disillusioned from what's really going on that uh, they have no clue. Some of them truly, like, you know, there's those that knowingly do. They knowingly are participating with this and knowingly destroyed uh, many service members. And some of them, they've got such a, a team around them that are doing their dirty work for them that they're just living on cloud nine and, and complaining when they don't get their fourth star or third star or whatever stupid star they got. And and well, and that's ahead. coming. And I'm sorry, I'm venting right now, but that's coming from a 17 and a half years I spent in the military. I gave my entire life ever since I left high school. I left my my hometown. I gave my entire life serving this country, and 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 to see my brothers and sisters give everything, the ultimate sacrifice in uniform, to see that botched withdrawal in Afghanistan, to see all this shenanigans, and 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 these these damn flag officers are bitching and moaning about their promotions. It really kidding? is disgusting. And, and if you're, a, if you're a flag officer listening right now, I dare you, I dare you to stand up and actually do something. But right now you're, 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 you're behind the times you're behind the times you better, you better pony up. Well, you know, Mark, all I can say is as a civilian, who has always had the greatest respect for our military and a lot of support over my lifetime. And then I have a brother who spent 33 years in the Coast Guard. So I, I really care deeply about what has happened to our military. And I'm just outraged that these flag officers are ignoring the rule of law, the, the constitution, all of our core values. And, and I really, I very much would like to see military tribunals and hold them all accountable because what has been done to our service members knowingly by this Department of Defense and Secretary Austin doesn't even have a valid oath of office. That has been confirmed with FOIA documentation of the deficiencies of his oath of office. So his mandates 
were not even carried out with the proper authority of being in office legally to do so. Yeah. And it, it's, it's shocking that not a single cabinet member in the Biden administration or his vice president have a valid oath of office. And I think that's done deliberately to avoid a charge of treason. Because if they're not legally in office, then they can't be held accountable for violating the law, ultimately. At least well, not, it, perhaps not in this world. Well, they're impersonating a, a personating an officer. And and I and to, specifically to my service members out there who might be listening, the only legitimate contract you have is your oath of office. It's an official piece of paper that you sign, and another man or woman signs on the other end, and that man, other man or woman is usually in the grade of O five or above. And at no point did you sign away your constitutional rights when you entered service. And please, if if that's if that's something you think, uh, try to pull up the documentation to find that you won't find it. And and your your duty is to secure those rights, secure these rights, to secure the Constitution against enemies, foreign and domestic. Um, and and the problem is, most times service members don't even receive that simple verbiage that I just spit out right there. They don't receive it at basic training. They don't receive of it at any sort of professional military education. And when I went through officer training back in 2019 to go into the medical service corps, myself and another individual were looking around and asking ourselves, why, why aren't these, why, why aren't they specifically teaching these medical officers? Most of them are out of, out of directly out of their internships or school. Why aren't they? teaching them about the oath of office why aren't they teaching them about you know the constitutional provisions um but they don't they don't they don't speak of it at all uh but you are and you will be held liable uh for not not uh standing up for your oath of office against enemies foreign and domestic either on this earth or or in the afterworld in god's judgment and God's that judgment. will come to all of us. And I ask all of you listening, are you ready to stand before God on judgment day and say, you did your best and you followed your oath. You followed the rule of law. You followed moral law as well as the laws of the land. Only you can answer that question. But whether you're in the military, whether you're in medicine, law, serving as a judge or officer of the court or law enforcement or any other role, you will be judged. And this is a spiritual battle between the forces of good and evil. So America, decide whether you are going to stand with good or whether you stand with evil, because there is no middle ground. Mark, your closing words. Um, take a stand. Stand up for your individual rights, your unalienable individual rights that are granted to you by God. They're not granted to you by the Constitution. As we the people, you have unalienable rights granted you by God, nature's God. 
So stand up for them, defend them, and uh, tell your public servants when you see them to remember their oath. And if they haven't signed a valid oath, they need to sign one before they issue more edicts because they are operating without lawful authority. This is Dr. Lee for America with the Whistleblower Report military segment. Check out our website at truthforhealth.org. Click on the link for all of our archived whistleblower reports. Click on the link for our Faith Over Fear seminars and come join us on Tuesday nights for Faith Over Fear and Surviving the Chaos to Come. Join us for the Truth Project every Wednesday night and check out our medical and legal help resources, our vaccine injury treatment guide. And don't forget, under medical and legal help, we have the hemorrhagic fever fact sheet with treatment options for Marburg, Ebola, hemorrhagic fevers, radiation injury, and others. We are a We the People charity. I work pro bono for the foundation, and this is our mission to bring you truth, hope, and solutions for just such a time as this against the lies and deception. Join our crusade. We are not silent any longer.